And I don't know if you know what LARPing is, but it's incredible. It's so amazing. LARP stands for live action role playing, which basically is just pretending to be a knight or a warrior and then going out with your friends and their friends and hitting them with Nerf weapons on a sunny Sunday afternoon. And it is something that I have always secretly wanted to do, but for social reasons have not done. (laughs) But I fully believe that if it were left up to me and my friends and our own devices, we would 1,000% be a group of LARPers. I mean, we just me, Joe, and Will, we'd be out there on a Saturday afternoon just wrecking shop, just out there hitting people with swords. You're telling me you have full legal ability to go out in the field and hit somebody with a medieval weapon, and you're like, no, that's lame. No, you're not. You're going to go out there, and you're going to clock somebody over the head with that fake axe. Like, I would go absolutely beast mode on somebody with a foam axe because when are you going to be able to do that ever again in your life, right? You would go out there and you'd be like, I am Spartacus and this is where I die. And you like just, all this you're killing people. It was not actually killing people, obviously, because they're made of foam, but it would be incredible. And thankfully, me, Will, and Joe and my friends do have wives and jobs and kids to keep us grounded in reality. But truly, I would absolutely be out there with a sword and some armor just killing it because we love Star Wars and we love Marvel movies. We love all that like pretend awesome stuff, but specifically we love Lord of the Rings. And lo- oh yeah, dude, I love Lord of the Rings. I'm in for it. I've, I have read all the books at least three times. I've seen the movies so many times and I'm not talking about the like cinematic release. No, no, no. The extended versions that each one's like four hours and I'll watch them all in one sitting. Yeah, I do that. I am into it. I quote it on a daily basis. And because of this love for it be- between me and my friends, it wouldn't be that far of a reach for us to become like the Knights of Chick-fil-A. Like, it wouldn't be that big of a deal for us to become the sons of salted fries. No, we would become the warriors of wing sauce. And it so has just always been my dream to put on armor, pick up a sword, and run into battle. That When they run into battle, that's me and the boys, and we're running to tear up an all-you-can-eat at Roosters. Like, we are going to just own it. That is our battlefield. But although I may never get my chance to run into battle and take back Middle-earth from Sauron, We are faced with a battle every day. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 12, that we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world and against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We are in a legit real battle under attack, under siege, and our enemy does not play fair. He plays for keeps, and he wants blood, and he wants to hurt us. Actually, Scripture says that he wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. John 10.10 says the thief, the devil, his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So the enemy doesn't just want to come and put us in awkward situations. The enemy doesn't want to come and just make us have to talk to that weird kid in science class. The enemy doesn't want to just like submit us to these ridiculous pop quizzes in math class. No, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy And that is specific language. That's on purpose because he means it. He wants to hurt us. He wants to take us down. And his attacks aren't necessarily like a sword to the helmet, you know? His his attacks aren't like getting run over in a battle like that. His attacks aren't real arrows flying across the battlefield and taking us out. No, this is a symbolic concept. And these attacks are emotional and they're spiritual. And there are circumstances or situations that are designed to trip us up and to take us out. And these attacks can look like a sinking feeling that something is wrong 
or a sinking feeling that something's going to go wrong. That can be an attack against us. It can be anxiety. If you're feeling anxious and always wound up about what's going on around you, it can be depression. It can be lust and pornography. It can be a wave of anger or frustration, mean girl drama at school, guy drama at school, miscommunication with family or friends, and insecurity. So many things that happen in our day-to-day lives are actually attacks from the enemy, designed to steal from us, to kill us, and destroy us. And rather than just being normal circumstances, they're in our way to knock us down so the enemy can get us off track from what God has for us. But if we can recognize the enemy is at work behind the scenes, then we can shut down some of these attacks before they even happen. And the best way to protect ourselves from this is to put on God's full armor. Ephesians 6 says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. He has so many different strategies. He has so many different angles he's going to try to use to trip us up, to attack us, to make us feel down and out. He has so many different ways to try and bait us into leaving our purpose for God. And it goes on to say, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, not if, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your crown. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so Paul tells us here in this scripture that we need to protect ourselves with the armor and the tools God has supplied for us so that we can withstand the attack of the enemy. Because as we learned in John 10, the enemy is going to attack. That scripture says that when the day of evil comes, it is coming. The attack is coming and he doesn't want to just hurt us. He wants to take us out for good. So we need to put on the full armor of God because if we aren't protected with the armor, that leaves us more vulnerable to the attack. That leaves us open to more pain, to more situations of lust or bullying or anxiety or depression, whatever those things are. And so to help us understand the difference between being protected by the armor and being vulnerable without it, I've asked my friend Joe to come out here and help us with a demonstration. Everybody clap for uh, Pastor Joe. I don't, I don't have any armor. I don't I'm, have any armor. I know you don't have any That's armor. That's the armor I have. It. You didn't tell me to put it on yet. Yeah, I know. I don't have any armor. Yeah, you'll put that on later. And so let's pretend that Joe is an average everyday high schooler, right? He looks like that. Exactly. And so Joe wakes up on the first day of school. Man, he, he put out his, his OOTD, his outfit of the day, the first day fit. Checked in the mirror the night before. Nice and crisp. He's ready for it. He's excited. He laid it out. He, but when he woke up the next morning, he slept through his alarm. Oh, no. So he wakes up in a rush. He's going to miss the bus. So he gets up. He throws on his outfit of the day, but his hair is all messed up. No, without the hood. Your hair is all messed up. There it is. That looks great. And so his hair is all messed up, and he's stressed out, and he almost forgets his backpack, and he almost forgets his AirPods so he can leave them in while the teacher's talking for whatever reason, even though you're not supposed to listen to music, and you always have an AirPod in for whatever reason. That. And so he makes it out the door, but he's all stressed out, and he forgets to pray. He forgets to pray and put on his armor first thing in the morning. So he gets to school, a disheveled mess. And then he encounters a bully. Enter Brittany. What? What's up, dude? Yeah. Hey. Just come on over here in the light for me here, gang. Come right here. No. 
What? No, no, no. You see, I need to back away because you're the focus I don't know of this. why you're getting so weird. So he encounters Brittany, and Brittany doesn't like Joe. What's behind Shoot. your back? And first of all, Brittany sees Joe's hair, and she goes, would you just, would you wake up on, uh, not on time and almost miss the bus? What'd you do, Mason? I almost wake up on time and miss the bus? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then exactly. She, and then she comments on how weird his shirt is. I mean, look, look, how, look how weird you look. Don't know. And then she's like, guess what? You didn't shower. You know how I can tell? You smell bad. Guess what? You didn't shower. You know how I can tell? You smell so bad. And then she's like, way? remember how big of a dork you were last year? Ha, remember how big of a dork you were last year? Not the face. Not the face. <laughs> and Brittany continues to berate Joe and shoot him. You and look Joe so weird. Just, what is your haircut? Your daughter do you look? <laughs> Safe to say, no. because Joe didn't put on his armor, he was vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. <laughs> he was vulnerable to the fiery arrows that the enemy throws at us. And so Joe needlessly took a lot of damage, right? He took a lot of hits to the body. I didn't like that. I know. You should have put on your armor. Go, just go stand over here for a minute. Hey, easy. I didn't do it. So Joe needlessly took a lot of damage because he was unprotected. Right? He wasn't wearing the full armor of God because he didn't make the time to do so. And so if he had been wearing the armor of God, he could have missed all of that attack. It could have not hurt him. And so conveniently, the armor of God is now laid out here on the table beside him. And so we keep saying this concept, the armor of God, the full armor of God, the armor of God. And what does that mean? Well, the scripture lists out the pieces of armor and what they are supposed to be, what they represent. And they are the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith. Where are your shoes of peace? Oh, yeah. I got the Air Force, the white. White Air Force ones. I like yep. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, shoes of peace, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. Now, obviously, when we're talking about putting on our full armor of God, we're not talking about literal armor. We're talking about a symbolic armor. But because this is 4640, we had to get a real suit of armor. Yeah, we right? did. So Joe's going to put on a suit of armor for us. Sure but, I am. But when we face the day having prayed and put on our armor, we have literal protection. We have symbolic armor, but we have literal protection that we need to withstand the emotional and spiritual attack that comes against us. But what does each of these pieces represent? So we're going to start as it lists them in scripture, which is the belt of truth. What is the belt of truth? What does that mean? Well, you already, you started with the shirt. Well, this is the undershirt. The undershirt of uh, blessing. But then I got to put on the other stuff. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about the belt of truth, and you get there. Okay. okay. Don't do all the toggles. Just do half of them. Okay. All right, so the belt of truth. Well, the enemy is the father of lies, right? The devil is the father of lies, and he's going to always try and lie to us. He's going to always try and feed us lies to get us to believe things that are not true. And so the belt of truth enables us to see and understand the truth from the lies when we see it, read it, or hear it. Think about it. Think about today. How much of what you see on Instagram is real? Almost none of it, right? How much of what you read in the news is real? Very little, right? And there's so much lies out in, the, out in the world, out in the culture. People lie to us all the time. People lie to get ahead, and it's because they're under the influence of the enemy. And the enemy is going to try and use lies to get us to believe something about us that we're not. 
And so the belt of truth helps us to believe the truth, not only about life in general, but about ourselves. When the enemy tries to knock us down, you are still putting on that shirt. I was really hoping you'd be at the belt by now. Well, I got to put on the, the breastplate stuff before I get No, belt. I want to start with the belt. Okay. Belt of truth. I'm already teaching it. And so we need to believe the truth about what God says about us and who we are as his kids, because the enemy is going to try and get us to believe things that's not true, right? He's going to try and get us to believe that we're worthless, that we're not worth anything, that we're not enough, that we are not worth knowing the truth about ourselves. And so the belt of truth helps us to see, hear, and understand the truth. Do you feel secure in the truth? So secure. So secure in the truth. All right. Next is the breastplate of righteousness. You may now begin with the breastplate of righteousness. And this is so that we can know we are made right because of what Jesus did on the cross. Oh my gosh. It weighs like 50 pounds. Do you need help? I don't know. I don't need- <laughs> I've never put on this before. I'm it strong. is chain mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Don't mind me. I won't. Go. Anyways, the breastplate of righteousness. <laughs> Here, let me let me help you. Quit. What? I'm trying to help you. I oh, got gosh, it. This is so heavy. I was on. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, this is good. This is good. This is how it should be. Why is your hair so big? All right. Uh, he did it. There we go. Did that, did that work? It still hurts. <laughs> the breastplate of righteousness. This is to help us know that we are made righteous in God's eyes. And this is because of the work Jesus did on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for all of our sins past, present, and future. Everything we would do in life, everything that would help us or that we would mess up with, God already died on the cross to help us pay for the price for those sins. And so when we know that we are made righteous, we can reject guilt and shame. We can reject self-hatred and we can know that we are made right in, in Christ Jesus. <laughs> do you need help again? What's nope. wrong? I'm great. Okay. Oh, Lord, help. When we wear the breastplate of righteousness, we'll be able to guard our heart against the attack of the enemy. We'll be able to guard our heart against the accusations of the enemy. He's called the accuser as well as the father of lies. (laughs) Put the belt back on. That's why you, you were not secure in the truth. Continue. Okay. When we're wearing the breastplate of righteousness, we are armored up against the attack of the enemy using his accusations. So the enemy is going to try and bait us into sinning. He's going to try and throw things in front of us that that trip us up and, and cause us to stumble. And then once we have stumbled, he is the first one to accuse us. How could you? How could you look at that on the internet? How could you say that about your brother or sister? How could you, how could you, how could you? And then we are caught in guilt and shame and condemnation. But the Bible tells us that when we are children of God, there is no guilt or condemnation. When we are saved by Christ Jesus, there is no guilt or condemnation for us. And so we wear the breastplate of righteousness so that we can guard our heart against those accusations. All right, are you ready for the next one? Shoes of peace, nailed it. You're already doing it. The shoes of peace. How many of us would just feel better in life in general if we just walked in peace every day? 
right? How many of us would feel better about our, our circumstances in life if we could walk in them in peace? And so God provides us with shoes of peace. The Bible says that God provides peace that surpasses all understanding so that we can have peace in our heart. Peace when we're, when we're in our feelings. Peace in our mind. Peace in our circumstances. Peace when the world is crazy. The last two years have been a madhouse. It's been crazy out there in the world. And how much better would it have been had we been able to walk in peace, knowing that the God who died and rose again and saved us from hell is walking before us. And the shoes of peace he provides for us let us know that we can be safe through life. The shoes of peace help us to know that God is going to take care of the rest and we don't have to worry. You're a little top heavy there, pal. Be careful. Okay, shoes of peace. Good. Next, ready? Shield of faith. Okay, you rest your body for a second and then I'll talk about the shield of faith. The shield of faith helps us stand firm in who we are as believers. You see, faith is the hope in things unseen. Faith is the ability to know that God is going to prevail in your life because he already has. If we were to look back through our lives and see all the places and ask God to reveal to us where he's been, we would see marker after marker after marker of all the times Jesus was there for us. When he saved our parents' marriage, when he saved us from that car accident, when he kept us safe in an abusive situation, whatever it is, when he saved your life from yourself, if we will look back through our lives and see where God has already been, we will remember and be faithful because we know he is going to be, come through again. And because of this, we use our faith to shield us from doubt. When we're doubting what God has already done in our life, when we're doubting when, when the enemy attacks and we have the shield of faith knowing God has already been there before, he will come through again. We can stand up to hopelessness. We can stand up to criticism. We can stand up to fear. We can stand up to whatever life throws at us and be faithful in using that shield to knock down the fiery arrows of the enemy. And so to show that, we're gonna shoot Joe with fiery arrows. No, we're not. Um, we tried to do that a long time ago. We asked and we got told no. So uh, that's why we have the Orbeez gun, not yet. And so <laughs> the shield of faith keeps us safe from the fiery arrows or Orbeez of the enemy. Next, we put on our helmet of salvation. <laughs> yes, put on your, your padded hood there so your little ears don't get hurt. Yeah. Probably not. You don't want to break them in there. <laughs> Is it sharp? Okay, perfect. That's why the padding's there. All right. The helmet of salvation. Now, we wear this to protect our thinking. Think about a helmet. That's the most... What, <laughs> Great, just stand there quietly for just a moment, please. <laughs> you think about a helmet and what it does. It protects your brain, right? And what's your brain? It's your mind. And so the helmet of salvation protects the way we think. It keeps our mind from running wild on us, and it helps us to have a heavenly perspective. When you have experienced salvation in Christ, you are made new which means you have a new way of thinking, a new way of seeing things. And when we put on our helmet of salvation, we are making ourselves see things the way God would see them. We are putting on basically the perspective of heaven when we put on the helmet of salvation so that when somebody hurts us, we can see and have the perspective of, I can see the hurt in them that's causing that behavior towards me. 
Or when somebody tries to steal from us, I can see their life circumstances and and be merciful and graceful towards them because they don't have what they need. We have this heavenly mindset, this heavenly perspective, and it protects our thinking, not only so we can see others the way God sees them, but so we can see ourselves the way God sees them. We need to be kinder to ourselves across the board. We need to see ourselves the way God sees us because God chose and designed each one of us specifically so that we have a purpose for him in his kingdom. And God loves every single one of us. God loves every single one of us. He made you on purpose and with a purpose. We can see the best in any situation because we are acting with the mind of Christ when we're wearing the helmet of salvation. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who can know enough to teach him? But we understand these things, being followers of Jesus, believers in Jesus. We can understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. And we are able to understand things differently because when we are wearing the helmet of salvation, we've changed our thinking to think like heaven. <laughs> all right, and lastly, the final piece, what? The eyes are up here. Where? The eyes are here. <laughs> so I just got, I just got. Your head is so big, that's why. <laughs> okay, lastly, we have Joe's favorite part, the sword of the spirit. Okay, hold on. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Come here. Follow my voice. Follow my voice. Follow my, yep. You're on the microphone. That's true. Um, forward, forward. There's my hand. Yes, there's the handle. Please don't kill anyone. <laughs> okay. He's blind and holding a sharp sword. So, what is the sword of the spirit? Well, yes, you look very cool. That's, yeah. <laughs> like I said, we would be LARPers. This would be real. <laughs> The sword of the spirit. Well, we learn from Ephesians 6 that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it expresses our innermost thoughts and desire. And what a better way to fight against the enemy who wants to bring death in our lives than to use the word of the living God. We have the Bible at our fingertips, the word of God, the living God, the living spirit of God through his word to fight the lies of the enemy because it's the truth. Here at 4640, we believe that the Bible is the word of God and that it is absolute truth, that there is no my truth, there is no your truth, there is the truth and it is the word of God. And we build our faith upon that firm foundation that the word of God is absolute truth. And that means that we can fight back the enemy in his lies because it's the absolute truth. So if you're struggling with self-hatred, read Psalm 139.14 and tell yourself that, if you are fe- that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. We can use the word of God to fight back these lies when the enemy speaks to us. We can use the word of God to fight back the lies when, when he lies to us in culture, when he lies to us in the world and about who we are. And so we pray scripture over ourselves. So if you struggle with self-hatred, Psalm 139.14 says, You are fearfully and wonderfully made. So pray, Jesus, I choose to believe that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, that you made me on purpose. If you struggle with anxiety, read Psalm 23 and remind yourself that God leads us to green pastures and he leads us to peaceful streams. Have you ever just spent an hour by a stream? It's the most peaceful you've ever been in your life. I don't know what it is about water and bodies of water, but you can't be anxious around them. And so pray through scripture. It's the truth. The word of God, the Bible, is the absolute truth. And if you're believing a lie, 
We need to tell ourselves the truth and seek him in his word. And you can do that through the Bible app. How many of you have the Bible app on your phone? It's super easy to get. You get on the app center, you type in the Bible. And it's the first one that comes up and it looks like a little brown holy Bible. And you open it and in the search bar, you can type what you're feeling. And it'll bring up scriptures around that emotion. It'll bring up Bible plans. You can do all kinds of cool stuff in there as well as you can find scripture. Like I just said, Psalm 23, and you can pray that over yourself. And this one's easy because it's already in the first person. I'm dying. Okay, I'll be fast. (laughs) It's so hot. You pray. Psalm Psalm 23, one says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. So I pray, Lord, you are my shepherd. And I trust you that you're going to provide all that I need. And so now that Joe is fully armored up, how does he fare against the bully, Brittany? <laughs> so step forward into the <laughs> battlefield, sir. <laughs> you look stupid. This is... <laughs> it doesn't even matter where she is. It doesn't matter how close she is. <laughs> Come on! Oh, maybe I could get through your little mask hole. Stop. Take, take, take. Ah! <laughs> Don't kick me. All right, get Stop out of here, it. you turkeys. Go. <laughs> Go. Dang it. Yes, you can leave. You're going the wrong way, though. Brittany, Come. help him. Come on, little guy. Come. He can't see or hear. It's the sword's real. <laughs> When we're wearing the full armor of God, we are protected. We are safe. And when we are secure, life is already hard. It's already filled with trials and difficulties without the attack of the enemy. So why would we leave ourselves open and vulnerable to more attack? Why would we leave ourselves open to attack when we know high school is already a pressure-filled situation? We know that it's hard to get good grades. We know that sports can be stressful. We know that social dynamics can be hard. So why wouldn't we put on the full armor of God to protect ourselves? We need to be putting on our armor every day so that we have a fighting chance. And if I'm being honest, I can tell a huge difference from when I remember to put on my armor to when I don't. I struggle with insecurity. I have my whole life. I've struggled with believing and seeing what other people see in me. I struggle with believing and seeing what God says about me. I just, I always have. And and I don't always like what I see in the mirror. And so when I forget to put on my armor, whether I was too busy, whether I just forgot, whether my kids were going crazy and I had to just jump right into it in the first thing in the morning, I can tell because the enemy has a field day with my emotions surrounding who I am in Jesus and who I am as a person. And so I get caught in this, this vortex of, man, I'm not good enough. Man, I don't have what it takes. I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way my voice sounds, all these things. And the enemy just preys upon that. And he uses those lies to trip me up and to get me to not step into my purpose and believe who God has called me to be. But when I do remember to put on my armor first thing in the morning, I can stand confident in knowing that I am chosen and not forsaken. I can stand confident in knowing that I'm from above and not below, that I'm more than a conqueror, that I'm a co-heir in Christ, and that Jesus made me on purpose the way that I am. And the same is true for all of us. If we will remember to armor up in the morning when we pray, we can stand firmly in who God has created us to be. And so I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. What do you have to lose, right? If you're already not praying and putting on your armor every day, it's not going to get worse, right? But it can get better, and it will get better, and it will change your life. And it's super easy to pray. It may feel cheesy even, but it's crucial. And so it's super easy. It takes less than a minute. You wake up first thing in the morning, and you say, in Jesus' name, I put on my belt of truth. 
my breastplate of righteousness, my shoes of peace, my shield of faith, my helmet of salvation, and my sword of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. That took me 30 seconds, right? And it changed my entire day. It changes your entire life. You don't have to be a victim of the enemy. You don't have to be a victim of his lies, and you don't have to be a victim of the lies he tried to say about you. We can withstand the attack of the enemy, but we have to armor up. We have to fight back. And we do that putting on our armor and using the word of God to fight back the lies of the enemy. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. God, I just thank you for every single person in this room. And I pray right now that you would help them to answer the challenge of putting on their armor every day. And God, when they do that, they would see real results. God, that they would see you working on their behalf, that you do make all things for good, that you do protect them from the lies of the enemy, that you do help them see things the way that you see them, God. And I pray that everybody here would have eyes to see and ears to hear you about who you say that they are. And as we step into this new school year, as we start a new season, God, that you would just protect and that you would provide and that you would keep every single one of us safe and focused on you. God, we love you so much. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media or our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights, and we hope to see you there.